Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to episode 281 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, David. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. So what have you been up to? Let me start off with a positive thing and then end with a positive. So I'm going to change my notes around here <laughs> a little bit. Uh, start off with Working Mums. I am now on the... Well, yesterday I watched the second episode of season four. It's still just utterly fantastic. Just character development, what these characters are doing, just continues to be interesting. Um, I think one of the best qualities about the show is it really kind of looks at... How can I put this? Like mentally how these characters sort of deal with things and what it means for their lives and, and that kind of stuff and you kind of get a deeper look into that with with the characters as the season goes on um i mean one, one of the other good things about the show as well is because they are well working mums and they have jobs and, and children and husbands and whatever these characters are always busy doing something and mm. th- there's moments where these characters get to you know come home from work and have a few minutes or whatever but uh, so th- there's moments to like breathe in the show and kind of process what's actually happened but I'm on the fourth season I'm two episodes into season four I can't remember a bad episode of the show I can't even remember an episode that's only good I can only remember episodes that have been excellent the show has just been thoroughly consistent pacing wise and structure wise and just the way it's all put together and written and acted mm. I think is just utterly fantastic there was a raising the stakes in the third season with, with a couple of particular things that have happened one of the other interesting angles the show has taken connecting to that is one of the parents has got a child called Alice and Alice is starting to grow up a little bit and become more of a young teenager so uh, her life is changing a little bit and uh, she's getting involved in some uh, let's say some more dangerous and risky kind of things Right. and of course the mother of that character is having not like complete trouble but a challenge certainly uh, in terms of how to deal with that because I mean being a parent is challenging regardless or at least it seems so from you know everything that I know about that so yeah it's just been 
utterly fantastic and I'm always just drawn into the show and even with episodes that are like 23 minutes or whatever they go by very very fast uh, mm. like the credits pop up before I even kind of realise the episode's finished or whatever it's, it's one of them situations where you're not looking to see like oh there's 10 minutes left and get on with it kind of thing yeah. uh, I'm sort of just watching the show I'm drawn into what's going on and credits pop up and I'm like oh the episode's finished um, <laughs> and you, you always know that's a really good thing when that happens and yeah. you're not sitting there thinking like oh there's still 15 minutes left of this yeah. but I do think that even if the show was 42 minutes instead of 23 I still think it would do that because I mean even if you if you sat there and watched let's say two episodes in a row to kind of make up like a normal drama length episode I still think it would do that it's just kept impressing me all the way through and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with what they do in season four yeah um, so just been thoroughly thoroughly enjoying that working runs for those that don't know it's on Netflix isn't it it's a Canadian sitcom mm-hmm. although I mean it sounds like a reality TV show but it, it, from it does, the title and as I was sitting there explaining it as like it almost sounds like one of the real housewife shows but yeah it really isn't no, yes no not at all it's a Canadian <laughs> uh, sitcom it's on Netflix globally CBC in Canada it's got five seasons it's got a fifth season coming this mm-hmm. year apparently yeah. uh, starts on in February the fifth season in Canada so oh, I don't know good. how I don't know how closely they run it on Netflix but uh, yeah four seasons on Netflix and then there is a fifth season starting in Canada on the 16th of February so presumably it will come onto Netflix oh. after that maybe then once I finish with season four by the time they've had season five maybe they'll add that as a box set because they've yeah. they tended to add them as box sets instead of like uh, okay like weekly episodes I don't know um, how many so. episodes there are in season five season four only has eight episodes I think it pr- probably got cut short because of the pandemic I would have thought mm-hmm. so yeah, they've, they've been season 13 four episodes last year's one so. Yeah, eight episodes in season four. The others have 13. Been thoroughly enjoying that and I'm looking Good. forward to seeing where that goes. I've played and finished Spider-Man Miles Morales and I've also watched Wonder Woman. Uh, I'm just going to sort of mention my quick sort of feelings on them because I have reviewed both of them as well. Wonder Woman, I really didn't like at all. <laughs> I think is just, I mean, how can I explain this without being kind of over the top harsh? I, I don't know. It's it's really quite awful. I really did not enjoy Wonder Woman at really? all. Yeah, I think some of the plotting is quite ridiculous there's two things that this film leans on for its actual plot and both of them are quite stupid and they <laughs> connect together those two things but they still don't connect together very well either and I don't think this is much of a spoiler to say necessarily but Steve Trevor's back in yeah this so he's been in all film. the trailers you're okay with uh, that yeah uh, he's back in the second film the reason for him being back is basically so that Diana or Wonder Woman has got somebody to hang out with or somebody to have yeah. with her on her mission and whatever she's doing that doesn't really work there was a particular scene actually that they did with Steve and Dinah I can't really say what it was to do with because that would be more of a spoiler it almost made me want to switch the film off because it <laughs> really really started to annoy me and I said to myself at the time if, if this scene goes on like any longer the dialogue that they're exchanging and what it's about and what they're actually doing it really really did annoy me a lot when you're DC and you've got your trinity of characters Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman you can't afford to do this to Wonder Woman like you've got to do better than that so I didn't enjoy that at all I haven't watched it yet and the reason that I haven't watched it is because I went and looked on Sky because it's pushing the fact that they've got Wonder Woman I went to Sky and went oh I might watch that fifteen ninety nine to yeah. rent it and I'm yeah, like no I'm not paying fifteen ninety nine to rent it if I pay fifteen ninety nine, I expect to own the copy of it so I can watch mm-hmm. it as many times as I like I know it's 
out relatively early. But no, I'm not paying 15 quid. You know, I know their logic for the pricing is it's the price of two cinema tickets. But I live on my own. So you're effectively charging me double to watch it. No, I'm not doing that. That's ridiculous. So uh, I'm going to wait until it comes out. I'm not that desperate to see it. I'm, I'm going to leave it until mm-hmm. it comes out. And then, I mean, with the Sky system, usually the case is that you can buy the digital copy and they'll send you a DVD or a Blu-ray version for like 15, 20 quid. So as a rental for that, it's stupidly priced. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I really didn't enjoy it very much at all. And you know, I, I still like DC. I still like Wonder Woman, all the, their characters and stuff. And if you're trying to get me to watch one of your films, don't make a scene that makes me want to switch the film off. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it seems to be a consensus that there's about 80% of people that really didn't like it about as much as what I didn't like it. Mm. About 10% of people that did really like it. And then about 10% of people that were like, eh, middle kind of yeah, whatever. So, but that's Wonder Woman. The other one I want to talk about was uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, uh, which I don't dislike as much as Wonder Woman. Uh, I think that Miles Morales, the Spider-Man game has definitely got some qualities to it. I just feel like the story really let it down. There's nothing I can really think of in the story to where, okay, if you're going to go into Spider-Man 2, which will presumably be the, the actual next game, yeah. there's not much that you need to know from this game necessarily. There's no, maybe a couple of bits and pieces. But um, this was almost like an expansion without it being an expansion. It was almost yeah, it should, like it DLC. Been DLC. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I and I understand why they released it as a separate game. Mm-hmm. I sort of get the logic behind that. And it was cheaper as well. It wasn't full price, I don't think. So yeah. I'm sort of okay with that. Judging it directly against the first Spider-Man game, I don't think is particularly fair. The mechanics mm-hmm. are the same. It moves things on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes, the character in the story isn't quite as strong but it's different and interesting and i think the story weaves along fine enough i I think you're right there isn't a you know you could go straight from spider-man 1 to spider-man 2 when that eventually comes out Mm -hmm. and not necessarily have played through this but i i think they did it as a a game playing experience i really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. i i thought it was fun and i thought having you now having said that i i actually can't remember the plot at all really of what exactly <laughs> happened which isn't necessarily a great sign but yeah. I enjoyed playing through it you know I had fun with it it's not that long I think I played about 20 hours of it something like that Okay, I would say the story is about 7 hours and I think what you could have done edit that down to about 4 hours release that as DLC because mm. there are some things like some gameplay sections not problems with the gameplay but gameplay sections you could have possibly taken out and there's maybe some story parts that you could have trimmed down a little bit as well to kind of make that a bit better but the positive thing i want to take from that where they end this game and where miles is as a character where peter is as a character i really like that going into spider-man 2 but i think that you could have if you'd have done that in a spider-man 2 with miles being let's say the apprentice or whatever because he's the spider-man that's kind of trying to rise up if you'd have done it so that in a spider-man 2 peter is the mentor that's well actually there and doesn't leave the city and then he's kind of training miles because miles is kind of just be pretty much just become Spider-Man and then ended up with the same result 
shots character wise for miles and then done this game after that i feel like that would have maybe worked mm. slightly better but yeah i mean in terms of the actual gameplay itself it's still a great game kind of because it is essentially the same game but that's a very yeah, good thing there's so, some nice there's um, some nice little additions i think to miles ones, yeah. yeah you know yeah, miles has a slightly yeah the slightly different skill set with miles i think is fun to play with i really enjoyed it i i would have been annoyed had it been a full price game rather than mm-hmm. i mean this is essentially it's 1.5 it's not spider-man 2 it's sort of spider-man 1.5 it's kind of a bridging game between the two and for what it is i think it does a perfectly fine job of it and mm-hmm. you know it's a fun little distraction while we're waiting for spider-man 2 to come along yeah what do i want to move on to next the wilds i've seen a couple more episodes i've got two episodes left uh, how much have you seen this show? i, I, I kind haven't of, gone kind back to it yet to i got i got oh. sucked into watching something else so i haven't uh, <laughs> gone back to it yet but i will go back and watch some more of it because i did enjoy the first episode of it watched a few more episodes of it i've got two left i think it does get better as it goes through i think one of the difficulties and the challenges of this season was always going to be because you've got three different timelines flashbacks flash forwards and present day how you kind of structure that and and put those pieces together in a way that flows quite well because they do kind of have a little bit of the character focus thing going on which you kind of need to do because it's sort of like this episode's focusing on the backstory of this character why they're there what happened to them and why they are the way they are now on this island and you kind of do that by on an episode by episode basis that works quite well and then you've still got to deal with the other thing that's going on and how that sort of fits into the show and then focusing on future as well and sort of okay yeah this thing happened and it was really bad but not giving it away too much because in the flash forward you also kind of reveal okay that character obviously survived the island because this is afterwards and they're talking about that experience so there's only so much of that you can actually do because if you end up then showing every single character that's on the island you would know that they all survived i think it just gets better as it goes through i think that the reveals get more interesting as the show goes through so i've enjoyed it quite a lot i just need to sit down and watch the uh the last two episodes a little horror franchise i kind of discovered the other day is called hell house llc and there's three of them i've seen two of them i might watch the third one later the setup of this is this group of friends they want to host this sort of Halloween horror night kind of thing standard sort of stuff like props and scary stuff within this hotel and all that and there's this reporting and kind of documentation thing afterwards for like a sort of flash forward a couple of the characters talk about over and over again about how oh this really awful thing that happened and the film does build up to that eventually and kind of reveal that the first one at least does build up to and reveal okay what was this really bad thing that happened and obviously when you're talking about horror genre of then anything can kind of happen because you could have like demonic possessions and yeah all sorts of things things could go very very badly there's these sort of reporters that talk about this person went missing and this and that and kind of giving hints as to certain things that happened the smart thing that the first one does as well in terms of that is they do often because they get asked like okay what happened to this person or what what happened with this particular thing and the way they kind of avoid revealing that is like oh we never found out or the police know but they can't tell us or we won't get this information because like this and that other legal sort of thing they set up this sort of horror night and it's a found footage film by the way should have probably mentioned that yes you follow through the house with the found footage kind of handheld camera and stuff it reveals slowly what happened in the basement I'm not going to say what that is necessarily but I think it's great there's a lot of really good work that they do with mannequins and dolls as well that's all I'll say about (laughs) that but uh, some really interesting things they do with that the second one just builds on it really really well Uh, the second one does actually is a direct sequel and really does focus on like the aftermath there's still the investigation going on it delves more into that in the investigation and does actually 
actually have a lot of footage of certain people being challenged like hey can you go into this hotel how far can you get into it and some of those people obviously don't come back out so that's that's quite interesting as well but uh yeah i really really like the the first two films and um i watched the trailer for the third one yesterday just to see what it was sort of like and what it was about it does say in the trailer like one final time so maybe that wraps it up i'll see how that goes but um i really really enjoyed both of them and there's one of the other things that the well the first and the second film do really well a character will like have the handheld camera they'll go and sit down somewhere they'll be facing the camera towards the door the door will be open they'll be talking about something but what you've got to do listen to what the character's saying don't look at the character look at the open door because <laughs> there'll be things walking past the door things walking in the door and there's all sorts of weird interesting stuff that happens with that so um, yeah really enjoyed those cool. uh, so that's that's what I've been up to uh, looking forward to watching the third one later what have you been up to? well gaming wise Oxygen Not Included has been taking up most of my time I've very much got back into that since they sort of have released DLC for it there is the Spaced Out DLC which uh, moves a lot of the space exploration further up in the research timeline because that always used to be the end game stuff and what they wanted to do was integrate that more into the main game the DLC they've released that in a sort of beta mode at the moment so you can buy it but it's sort of in early access so they're developing the DLC it's interesting you know I've, I've played early access games obviously before on Steam mm-hmm. which is you know when the, you get regular up updates but they're actually done it like the main game is there and you can buy the dlc and turn it on and off because it quite dramatically alters the gameplay oxygen not included for people that have not heard of it before it's basically you have these bunch of little characters called dupes that are, are dropped on this asteroid and you have to build out a base and the idea is that you build a rocket eventually to be able to get off this asteroid and get back home what the dlc does is it adds smaller asteroid base in sort of the local vicinity and you can build cheaper versions of the rockets so you can use the rockets to get to other asteroids but they've split the resources up so not all the resources you'll need to build the final big rocket to get home is on the one main asteroid so you can build smaller rockets that get you to the other asteroids and sort of link them backwards and forwards it's really really fun game to play it very much dramatically changes how you play the game and how you set things up so I've been having really good fun playing around with that i want to give a a shout out i don't often do this but i want to give a shout out to a youtuber called francis john who does these brilliant videos just explaining how systems work because it's it's very very detailed oxygen not included because you can convert gases into liquids and you can people build these amazingly Mm. complicated systems for how to deal with gases and how to heat things up and how to boil your water to turn it into steam to drive steam turbines and I mean, if you look up Oxygen Not Included on YouTube, there's some incredible, just ridiculous things that people build in that game. It's got a really interesting cartoony kind of art style to it, which kind of put me off originally. It's like if you've heard of a game called Don't Starve, it's the same developers, and they have a similar kind of art style, and that put me off originally, but it does work really, really well with it. It's superb. Just hours and hours of fun trying to sort of figure out how to get 
certain systems to work and you know how much i love building games so this is yeah. uh, this is just brilliant it's it's really top tier and this the spaced out dlc really adds a kind of slightly different dimension to it it's sort of like a different version of the game and like i say you can disable the dlc and go back to playing the base version as well which works in a slightly different way it's wonderful fun though i really really enjoy it, enjoy playing through that so that's been eating up lots of my gaming time tv wise wonder vision of course launched this week have you seen mm-hmm. this yet yep so the Good. two episodes they, they released I, yeah. I i really enjoyed those first two episodes i it's wonderfully weird it's strange yeah. the fact that it's in black and white works so well for it as somebody that grew up watching old reruns of things like i love lucy and bewitched on channel four it's really interesting to see them kind of recreate that sort of sitcom in a marvel universe but then you've got these odd little bits of you know there's references to sword and there's references to hydra in there and uh, you know you even get these ad breaks in the middle of it as well which is sort of those classic weird mildly sexist kind of uh, ad breaks that you get in the middle of it and people try to sell you toasters and stuff but there are references in that to hydra as well so it's really interesting to see how they manipulate all that into the middle of it there's still no explanation as to why vision is there when he really shouldn't be we know wanda has some control over this world but it's also being hinted that she's been trapped in it in some way it's just odd they're kind of leaking little bits out in each episode but you're not getting a full explanation as to what is actually going on which can sometimes be a little bit annoying if they're spreading things out across a series of of you like you're not getting a resolution to it but i think they're doing it so well and the fact with the episode is they're managing to recreate those sort of classic american sitcoms so so well and interesting and dark in places but also incredibly funny i mean paul bettany in particular there's a scene i think it's in the second episode where they're doing this magic act and paul's fantastic in that just wonderful to see him just do that sort of comedy so very intriguing series we've got the first two episodes third episode will be out on friday it'll be one episode a week but i'm really looking forward to seeing where they go with it because it's one of those things that i think is going to slowly start to unravel so i'm very interested to see where they go with it yeah because most of the like sitcom aspect of it is building the development between the relationship of the two mm. and then you sort of every now and then get hints of like oh that thing's out of place or one of them sort of forgot something or there's little hints of what's going on outside i really like looking for those and sort of try, trying to figure out the mystery of okay you know that they're in a place that's not real but like why they're there who's put them there and kind of asking yourself outside of this like in the real world what's happening yeah and obviously the the smart thing to me with doing all these shows is literally tying them into the mcu in the films and the wider universe and just connecting it all together is really fun as well yeah basically now whenever we get any new marvel tv shows or any marvel films they're all just going to connect to the same story because you know you've got the same characters that we've seen before as well which is good yeah um, one thing that really helps this show is some of these shows that are coming out that have got characters we've already seen like one division and loki falcon winter soldier we've already been introduced to them so that we already know who that person is we already know the role that they play and they can just tell the story yeah um, as well still do character development and all that but we've met these characters already and we know who they are so i think that's just a really smart part of the whole planning of what kevin feige has been doing yeah so. the fact that kevin feige has control over the tv shows because you have to remember the reason that 
that things like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stopped connecting directly into the MCUs because they were run by two different departments within Marvel. And the major change after Endgame came out and that entire run was such a huge hit, they gave Kevin Feige control of everything on screen. So he now has control of all the TV stuff, which is why we saw all the little kind of Marvel series that had been commissioned before that have kind of all died a death. I mean, there is talk of them bringing back people like Daredevil in the mm-hmm. Spider-Man movie, which I think there's, there's more of a place before. for them, I think. Yeah, and so. I think I think those characters there is more of a place for. And uh, you know, I still don't know how Agents of Shield ends because it hasn't finished its run over here yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. and I've managed to avoid spoilers <laughs> for it up until now, which I'm quite impressed by. So you know, whether we'll see any of those characters come across, possibly, I don't know. I mean, the other big news story this week, of course, was the fact that Chris Evans could possibly be returning as Captain America at some point. Although they have said that that will be in some capacity and it's likely to be for one project and likely to be in a secondary role. So in the same way that Tony Stark showed up in Spider-Man, it's likely to be more that sort of, you know, either a mentoring character or as a side role rather than a main role in another Captain America movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, I did wonder one of the interesting things would be to to do a series of Cap putting the stones back would have been quite yeah, an interesting one. Ideas. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think that did would you... be something that people would quite like to see and how he ended up staying with Peggy. Because yeah. Cause you, you could possibly bring her back for that, maybe. Well, if yeah, you wanted to, exactly. Because he went back to see her, didn't he? Yeah. So. And that would also help tie up the confusion, which even the writers and the uh, Russo brothers can't entirely agree what timeline Cap stayed in. Because once the says that oh he's always been in the main timeline and the other side have said oh well he went back and he lived out his life in an alternate timeline and then came back at the end so even they can't agree in exactly what happened with the timey-wimey stuff with Captain America at the end of that movie so mm-hmm. doing something that would help clarify all that would be quite useful you could do that as like a little Disney plus series Maybe. Yeah, that would work as a Disney Plus series of yeah. sort of him going, yeah. and you could incorporate that into him going back and putting the stones and stuff. So I'd quite uh, like to see that. How many stones was there? Six? Yeah. Okay, so we could do six short episodes and one per stone. Yeah, that, that would that <laughs> yeah. would work. That will work. Yeah. I'd quite yeah. like to see that. So, but I, I doubt if it's going to be that. It's more likely to mm. be him turning up in one of the film projects at some point. Um, yeah. But you- I, again, we don't know what version of it as as well. We don't know whether it would be this version that, that disappeared, or whether it would be you know a, a piece of history that we hadn't seen, or whether it'd be something else entirely. We don't know. The other idea that I would like now that we're building towards a multiverse, which is what One Division is setting up, mm. is when you open up the multiverse if you had him play as a different version of Captain America. Yeah, that America. would be interesting. You, maybe maybe it will be that that they'd use him for. Mm, um, yeah. so there's, there's certainly some ideas. Just depends on what they choose. Yeah, I mean, it may so. just be a, it may just be some sort of cameo. I mean, we should point out as well, Chris Evans, when this news was posted, did put out on Twitter, well, this is news to me. Um, <laughs> however, Tatiana's Miss Laney completely denied the fact that she was She-Hulk until she was, until yeah. Marvel officially announced so that's Contracts. fairly standard. They deny everything right up until the point that Marvel officially announced something. And uh, the news sources that this came from were reasonably reliable. So it certainly seems like they're talking to him, whether anything's actually agreed or not, we don't know. But I mean, it may just be a little cameo. I mean, it may be something fairly small or it may be something larger. But yeah, him to 
turning up in in the multiverse, either the multiverse movie or in something else moving forward as an alternate version would be another way of doing it. But yeah, so we'll have to see. I'd be up for Chris Evans coming, but I think a lot of the guys that were in that, I think if they were asked to come back and do little cameos or bits and pieces that were you know that are now sort of done with the characters, I think most of them would be quite up for coming back into dropping in if it was a few days work just mm-hmm. for doing cameos or, or bits and pieces because I, th- I think you know having spent 10 years being that character it's given huge career boost to most of them so I think they're quite grateful for it I think they'd be quite happy to come back and drop in in most cases if there's something that would be worthwhile the other thing I'd be watching is Vikings Vikings is one of those shows that I started watching years ago and then kind of <laughs> dropped away from and then have now gone back to and I've kind of been binging my way through I think I stopped about halfway through season two and I really enjoyed the show it's just it's one of those that I've got to sit and kind of focus on and now it's all out and there's not that much else around right now that I kind of want to watch on a regular basis I'm using this as a sort of way of binging through things mm-hmm. so I'm just over halfway through season four at the moment so I've got a couple of seasons left to go I know where they end with season four because you know I having written things about it I, I am obviously aware of what happens in season four to a certain extent anyway but it's a great great series it's weird in that it's historically accurate in some cases but massively inaccurate in others like whilst the portrayal of vikings as far as i'm aware i believe is fairly accurate the timeline itself is all over the place because there are like rollo who's the brother of ragnar if you actually look up the history they weren't necessarily related and they were quite a few hundred years apart when you actually look at where they were in genuine history so that seems sort of unlikely but i mean not necessarily impossible because ragnar's history is a bit kind of murky anyway so there are sort of inaccuracies in that side of things but you know it's only the same as like the crown moved things around and i mean they got in trouble for that but when you're dealing with somebody like ragnar who is part mythological figure and part historical figure it's very much a case of well we knew this character existed although it might have been multiple people and there isn't a definitive version of his history because it was all told through tale and stuff so it's sort of interesting to see what they've done with it and uh, how they've tied it into the genuine history that we do actually know but I've been quite enjoying that it's been really good fun it's an entertaining show I'm looking forward to being able to actually finish it this time around hopefully (laughs) so that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some TV and film news it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync Things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. We 
start off the TV and film news with renewals, cancellations and pickups. Cancellations, there's uh, a few that are, are coming to an end. The Pack, which is, is a reality dog competition, which was on Amazon, is uh, being cancelled after one season, which I think seems fair enough. What on earth Amazon are doing getting into reality TV is beyond me. But uh, yeah, there was, there was that. So uh, that that is uh, going. Animal Kingdom, which airs on Amazon in the UK, I think it's a TNT show, I think, in America. That's going to end with its sixth season. And Insecure, which is a HBO show, that's going to end after its fifth season, they've said. Over on the gaming side, not cancelled, but delayed, Elite Dangerous Odyssey, they announced that the release date for that, which is the thing that adds the ability to ground combat in Elite Dangerous, which we talked about a few weeks ago, that has been delayed from, well, it was supposed to be out around now. They've moved that to spring on the PC, but um, worst news, if you're on console, they've moved it to the autumn for the console because, you know, they're having to deal with all sorts of different things with the consoles. So Mm. um, that's kind of annoying. But the beta version will be out at some point reasonably soon on the PC and the plan is to release it sort of spring at some point in Mm -hmm. uh, full. The video game delays, uh, Hogwarts Legacy got delayed as well to next year. Ah, yes. Well, that was inevitable. Yes. Mm. Uh, So that's a bit of a shame. But, you know, I've been waiting for long enough for Elite Dangerous Odyssey to come out. I'm prepared to wait a few more months for it. That's fine by me. But it does suck if you're on console and you've been waiting for it. (laughs) Um, In terms of renewals, Bulletproof, they've announced, is being renewed for a full season on Sky One, which I don't think comes as any great surprise because there's a lot of buzz around that series. It's in the uh, third season. is due out any time now. Do you still watch that? I haven't been watching it recently. Um, I need to go back and catch up with it. But I love the guys. And I think, yeah, they've had an amazing mm-hmm. hit with that show. They're wonderful, wonderful guys. And uh, they've done such a brilliant job with it. So I'm so happy that they've they've got that up to a full season because it is very mm-hmm. much their baby. They write and produce it and star in it. So yeah, I dropped off after the uh, first season. Yeah. Maybe so, one day I'll go back. I don't know. I'm sure it's all on uh, catch up so you can go and watch that. And yeah. uh, no official renewals from the CW yet, but it is sounding very much like the CW is going to end up doing exactly what they always do and <laughs> renew pretty much everything that is currently on air. Of course, they are losing things like Black Lightning and Supergirl this year. So they've got naturally a couple of slots opening up for new shows. Mark Pedowitz did an interview who is the CEO of CW and uh, he's basically been saying, yeah, we're pretty much probably going to end up renewing everything. As he sort of said, we're still dealing with the pandemic. I'd rather have a bunch of known quantities than unknown quantities trying to launch right now. And uh, CW's always been very much like that, even when it's not in the pandemic. Like last year, they renewed everything. I think it was January or February when they needed everything before the pandemic. Yeah, it was quite early. Yeah. I think if you're watching a show that's a CW show, there is a very good chance that it's going to end up getting renewed. So that's things like Riverdale or the Arrowverse. means the Jared Padalecki Walker series is likely to get a second season, which I don't think comes as any great surprise. I don't think it's even started airing yet, or it may have just started airing. But I mean, that would have to bomb horrifically, which it's not going to do because all the Supernatural fans will be watching it. So uh, (laughs) uh, I don't think that comes as a great shock, but it sounds Mm. like the CW are probably going to head for early renewal on pretty much all those shows. They're not officially announced that yet, but that certainly sounds like the way they're going. In terms of pickups, a couple of interesting ones. Your Honour, which is the Brian Cranston miniseries about a, a lawyer whose son gets into a car accident that I think kills somebody and he has to cover it up. That is starting on the 2nd of March on Sky Atlantic and Now TV. We haven't got a time for that yet, 
the 2nd of March that'll land on Sky Atlantic and their TV. That's quite soon then. Yeah, 2nd of March to Sky Atlantic and their TV. Netflix have picked up The Lincoln Lawyer, which is a new series from David E. Kelly, who's the man behind things like Big Little Lies and all that sort of stuff. And Manuel Garcia Gruffalo, who I don't really know as an actor, but he was in From Dust Till Dawn, the series, and he was in Goliath, the Amazon show, and Six Underground, a number of other things as well. He's been set as the lead. If you aren't aware of the story of The Lincoln Lawyer, it's about a idealistic lawyer who runs his law practice out the backseat of a Lincoln town car and uh, takes cases big and small across the expansive city of LA. So that's the sort of setup for it. There was a movie version with Matthew McConaughey starred in a while back. There are lots of books I think it's based off, so this sort of allows them to expand it and give it a bit more room to breathe. And uh, David E. Kelly's a great showrunner and writer and stuff, so um, I'm very interested to see where that goes. I think it was originally piloted to CBS, and it was one of those that, for some reason, they decided not to pick up and Mm. um, got shunted over onto onto Netflix, so Netflix grabbed it. That's an interesting uh, pickup from them. I think Netflix sounds like a bit of a better place for something like that. Yeah, I think it possibly is. I think you certainly have more freedom, I think, with a Netflix series than you would do on a... Somewhere like CBS would turn it very much into a by-the-numbers procedural, I think. Speaking of new shows, NBC have picked up three series, which are sort of sounding quite interesting. We have mentioned a few of these before when we were talking about the pilots and stuff last year, but uh, one of them is La Brea, which is a wonderfully bonkers-sounding series. A massive sinkhole mysteriously opens up in Los Angeles, tearing a family in half, separating mother and son and father and daughter. When part of the family find themselves in an unexplainable primeval world alongside a disparate group of strangers, they must work to survive to uncover the mystery of where they are and how to get back home. So basically, Big Hole opens up in LA, half the family falls through it and ends up finding themselves in this like primeval world, whilst the other half of the family are back in LA or, you know, hmm. back in their normal life. So, sounds a bit sounds a bit like Soul meets WandaVision. It's, it's kind of a bit <laughs> of a kind of odd, weird, a weird setup for it. Natalie Z, who was in Justified in the following, she is playing the mother. Kinshia Kowu, who's in Banshee and Being Mary Jane, is playing the daughter. They haven't got any other cast announced yet. There was some cast for the pilot, but I believe due to the fact that it's taken a while to get this into production, some of the castings had to change because some of the actors have got other jobs and stuff. So um, Mm -hmm. I know some of the castings switched around. Those are the only two confirmed people starring it at the moment. That's been given a series order, so that will be coming to NBC, which uh, the fact that they're on NBC means it's likely they'll end up on Sky probably somewhere over here. Not guaranteed, but very cool. likely. How many seasons do you think that could last? You can possibly oh, turn that know. into an anthology, actually, maybe. It's one of those shows that I hope they've got somewhere to go with it after one season, because mm. it smells yeah. of being a one-season show right now. And if somebody came and pitched that to me, I'd be like, okay, I want to pitch for where the story is going for five seasons. Right, I want yeah. I want to know that you have that in your head before we start this because <laughs> there are so many of these shows that are kind of these high concept ideas for sci-fi series things like zoo was a perfect example that just got progressively 
more bonkers as you went through it. And I love that series just for how ridiculous it was. But it's one of those things that you do want to know that they have some idea of where they're going with it beyond yeah. the first season. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. The other two are comedies. One's Grand Crew, which stars Echo Kellum, who you'll know as Mr. Terrific from Arrow. Nice. Justin Cunningham, Carl Tart, Aaron Jenkins, Nicole Breyer, who some people may have seen on Nailed It on Netflix. It's about a group of black friends who unpack the ups and downs of life and love at a wine bar. So, I mean, it's sounding a bit like Cheers with a sort of all-black cast, which, you know, is perfectly reasonable idea, I think. You know, I like, I quite like that, the sound of that. There isn't really anything much more to go on other than mainly a black cast and it is going to be set in a wine bar and it's about their lives. That's pretty much all we know about it right now. Um, hmm. It does come from Phil Augusta, who was one of the writers, producers on Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Dan Gore, who is the creator of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So he's got some fairly solid comedy writers mm -hmm. behind it. There. Yeah. yeah, that stands up pretty well. Cast sounds fine. It's going to be one of those that's very difficult to tell until it actually comes to screen, but uh, that's called Grand Crew. And the third one they've picked up is called American Auto. It's comedy set at the headquarters of a major American automotive company in Detroit, where a floundering group of executives try to rediscover the company's identity and meet the rapidly changing industry. This one comes from the people behind Superstore. Cool. The cast is Anna Gasteyer, who was in The Goldbergs, John Baron Holtz, who was in Superstore, Harriet Dyer from No Activity. There's a bunch of other people in there as well. But I quite like the idea of this. I think setting it in an automotive company in Detroit, which is really struggling to kind of grasp the whole changing economy from trying to get into renewable cars and all that sort of stuff. It's an interesting area to kind of get into. And I think the Superstore guys are probably the right guys to handle this. Workplace mm. comedies is they, something they do they, very, they very do well. They do sometimes deal with that a little bit in Superstore. Like there's threats of layoffs and, yeah. uh, and obviously characters that leave, which we've talked about before. Mm. Although it is a lot of focus on like okay, the characters relationships and the comedy part there is like you know when to say the higher ups come to visit the store and they have to impress them and they've dealt with things similar to that before in the past so that will that should work well here i think it's going to depend a little bit more of this how much you lean into the sort of character drama or if you how much you lean on the actual plot here which is the need to change the business mm. they'll probably do both pretty well but just depends which one they lean into more yeah so, we'll i think these guys it's an area that the Superstore guys, I think, can deal with quite well. So I, th mm -hmm. I think that's going to be an interesting comedy when that comes out. It's an area where I don't think we've really seen on screen before with the automotive industry because that has been through huge changes in Detroit. So, uh, yeah, that will be one to watch out for. As I say, they're coming to NBC in the US. Don't know exactly where they'll end up in the UK, although they are NBC shows, which says that they are fairly likely to land on Sky if they land anywhere over here. Moving on to other news stories. Powder Mage fantasy novel series are being adapted for TV by uh, the guy behind Stargate and Dark Matter, Joseph Malutzi. We've interviewed Joseph before. He's a really, really lovely guy. If you don't know the novel series, they're a kind of steampunk flintlock fantasy series set in the Nine Nations, a fictional world in which magic collides with 18th century technology against a backdrop of political and social revolution. At the heart of the story are Powder Mages, wizards with 
the ability to metabolize and manipulate gunpowder to use as fuel for magical powers and, of course, explosions. Um, mm. It's an area that I've, I don't think we've seen that sort of steampunky flintlock fantasy stuff. We've seen sort of other things, but we've not seen that sort of steampunky thing on a TV series very much. So I'm, I'm quite interested to see this. It's described as a fight for survival as mythical gods return to battle for a world that has changed in their absence. We'll feature epic battles, gritty magic, heart-stopping duels, cunning political manoeuvres, intrepid investigations, and shocking betrayals. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like it's going to be really, really good fun. Mm. There's no broadcaster attached to this at the moment. Um, That's interesting. So it's in development right now. It's mainly been driven by Canadian production company No Equal Entertainment, who were the people behind Bitten, and uh, Frantic Film, who did Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. Malazzi is set to write the pilot and will show run the series should it move forward. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite interested in this. I think this sounds like it could be quite good fun. Yeah, I'm very unfamiliar with any of this, really. But mm. uh, the idea sounds kind of interesting, the way you sort of described it there. It does sound like there's definitely some potential there, so it could be quite interesting. Who knows, maybe it could open up a door of sort of a genre that I've not really discovered at all before, which is uh, always an interesting idea. Yeah. yeah might be right. I just think visually this is something that we've not really seen in that mm. it's sort of this, yeah. uh, you know, the steampunky stuff. You know, it's been around, but we've not really seen a show really dedicated to steampunk things that I can think of, certainly not in recent era. So I think visually it's got a lot to play with, which could be really, really good fun. And I like the idea that the powder mage is these sort of people that they use gunpowder as kind of their fuel to fuel their magic. I think is quite an interesting one. I don't know That's the books. Cool, yeah. I don't know the books at all. They've sold over seven hundred thousand copies worldwide, though, so they are quite popular. There are three main books in the trilogy, and then there are various short stories and novellas and things, along with a second trilogy, which is set ten years after the events of the first. So there's a lot of stuff you can play around with in that which uh, I think be interesting to see whether it goes anywhere whether it goes to series or not but it's the type of thing that Joseph and those Canadian kind of production houses do really really well this sort of slightly off the wall slightly different kind of magic things I could see something like this ending up on either Netflix or Amazon or mm. you know maybe maybe sci-fi in the US one of those sort of <laughs> things uh, if you trust them not to cancel it after one season yeah yeah moving on to were other fantasy things the Lord of the Rings series had a description leaked and Amazon Studios then confirmed that the leaked description was actually the official description of the TV series so I will read out the official synopsis that has been leaked Amazon Studios forthcoming series brings to screen for the very first time the heroic legends of the fabled second age of Middle Earth history this epic drama is set thousands of years before the events of J.R.R. Tolkien's the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and will take viewers back to an era in which great powers were forged, kingdoms rose to glory and fell to ruin. Unlikely heroes were tested, hope hung by the finest of threads and the greatest villain that ever flowed from Tolkien's pen threatened to cover the world in darkness. Beginning in a time of relative peace, the series will follow an ensemble of characters, both familiar and new, as they confront the long-feared re-emergence of evil to Middle-earth. From the darkest depths of the misty mountains to the majestic forests of Alf capital of Linden to a breathtaking island of Nimur to the 
furthest reaches of the map, these kingdoms and characters will carve out legacies that live long after they've gone. Whilst it doesn't go into specifics in that description, it does confirm a few things that we kind of already knew. First, that Numenor, which if you look on a Middle-earth map and you know where the kind of Shire is, it's kind of an island off to the side, which isn't on a lot of the newer maps that we've seen because it was sunk under the water by the Valar during the Second Age. The Valar are basically the gods of Middle-earth. The occupants of Namur were tricked by Sauron into going against the gods and the gods got angry and sank the entire island, essentially. (laughs) So it's something that wasn't around in the Third Age, which is why it's not on later maps, but it is on earlier maps. You know, Tolkien did actually talk about this. I think it was where Aragorn's family originally came from. So there is sort of a lot of connection and it's interesting what they talk about, you know, characters which are both familiar and new because there are obviously things like some of the elves were still alive. Like I think people like Elrond were alive at this time because elves live for thousands and thousands of years. So there are going to be certain characters who we do know, just they're going to be thousands of years younger. And obviously a lot of the things like, you know, the hobbits that we do and and people like Aragorn and that sort of stuff hadn't been born yet because they have normal lifespans. So it confirms that and it confirms the island was there. It also talks in there about an era in which great powers were forged, which makes me think that it may show the forging of the One Ring, which happened around 1,600 of the Second Age. So we'll see. We don't know exactly what time period this is set in, but there is a fair chance that we might see the One Ring being forged. It certainly implies that, although it doesn't say by name, it does imply that Sauron is there. Although Sauron this time isn't a big eye in a tower, he is more in a humanish kind of form. It also mentions Linden in there, which is a place which we've not seen on screen before. It's the elf capital in Middle-earth. It's an area to the west of the Blue Mountains, so a bit up of Hobbiton and the Shire, and it's sort of above there in the Blue Mountains. It was founded in the first year of the Second Age by High King of the Elves, Gil-galad, and it was the landing location of the first ships which sailed from Numenor to Middle-earth, but that was around the year 600 in the Second Age. So, yeah, there's about a thousand years between that and the, the ring being forged. So I don't know whether the series is going to jump around in time and maybe we will see both those events of like, you know, Nemorians first arriving or, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see exactly what it is. So, I mean, it doesn't really tell you a huge amount more than we didn't kind of already know or hadn't already guessed from the bits and pieces that were out there. But, you know, it's mm-hmm. interesting to have an official description of it, I think. Yeah, this is a, it's been an interesting one to follow, this Lord of the Rings series. One, because it's been in development for I don't know how long, which isn't always a bad thing. I mean, something of the scale of a show like this is sometimes going to take a very long time to put together. I mean, you've got to yeah. sort out all the sets, cast everybody, write it, you know, put, mm-hmm. put everything together, then figure out what your story is going to be. And it's just, it's a very, very huge undertaking for anyone to have done, whether it's Netflix, Amazon, whoever. Yeah, it's one that I've been interested to follow for quite some time. And it's one that's also interestingly tied to that, been pretty quiet. I mean, we haven't had yeah. like... 
whenever any sort of news pops up for this show, it's like, oh, new information kind of thing, because we haven't really had very much. But then it's kind of been one of them shows where I thought, like, okay, let a couple of years go by, let them sort of progress with making the show. And uh, now that we have a synopsis and all that. So it's just going to be very interesting when we finally do get the first trailer and see what this thing looks like and yeah. kind of where they're going with it. But yeah, I, I understand that it's taken so long to make because like I said, it's just such a huge, huge thing to do. Yeah, so. they've started announcing cast for it, although we don't know yeah. who anybody's playing. All we've got are the names of the people that are in it. So there's a huge, huge cast for it. They've announced like 25 people or something for it so far. We do know that they're shooting in New Zealand at the moment. We know that they're shooting the first two seasons back to back because we knew that it was a multiple season order right off the bat. It was the only way they could get the license if they guaranteed, mm, you know, which they paid a lot of money for. Which they paid a yeah. lot of money to the stock in the state for but the only way that they were allowed to do it was if they guaranteed multiple seasons straight off the bat it is having two seasons they're shooting them back to back like I say it's one of those things that, yeah people are waiting around for a trailer to see what it looks like the fact that they're using New Zealand for it I think makes perfect sense because there was talk about them shooting it in Scotland at one point and uh, you can't you've got to shoot it in New Zealand New Zealand is Middle Earth mm. it should be really interesting and the fact that you've got all these different areas that we have haven't seen before i'm i'm looking forward to seeing where they go with it but uh they are shooting stuff now so hopefully by the end of the year we might have a trailer for it and uh lastly i slightly off the wall one risk the board game has been developed into a tv series by house of cards creator bo williman so yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean yeah. the, the reason that this is being developed so i mean if you don't know risk it is a military strategy board game where you have this map of the world and players take control of armies and attempt to conquer each other's territories. I mean, that's basically it. That's the board game. Been around since 1957. Ironically, it was invented by a French film director who created this board game. So it's sort of coming full circle doing this, which is a bit odd. But mm. um, Willeman is producing it and he's developing it. It's also got E1, who are the people behind things like Sharp Objects and The Rookie and Criminal Minds, uh, the whole bunch of other TV shows. They're a reasonably solid production company. The reason that it is being developed in the first place is E1 is a subsidiary of Hasbro. Hasbro, the gaming company that own Risk, own E1, and they're trying to make a lot of their board game properties into other things right now. So hmm. like um, they've done things like Cluedo in movie form and they've got a new version of that coming and there's other things that they're, they're producing as well. G.I. Joe and Action Man are both getting full versions. There's a, a version of a film based around Monopoly randomly is it's being made. So there's all sorts of bizarre things that they're coming up with things. But uh, I mean, essentially, although it is being called Risk, we don't know what it's going to take, what form it's going to take. All they've said is that they were blown away by Williman's pitch and said it features Westworld dystopian elements combined with some of the different worlds of Game of Thrones. So hmm. it sounds like it's going to be a weird sort of alt history type of thing I mean again this is something where steampunky type stuff could fit in quite well I guess but yeah interesting I think certainly one 
that, that's a bit different. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out how this would fit and work. Um, the, the one kind of positive thing that you pointed out there that was interesting is the guy's pitch was actually the studio was interested in the pitch that, yeah. uh, that he brought to the table, which is usually quite a good start because the pitch is your actual idea for the thing. And if his idea for it is quite good, then I guess there's something to trust there. So just see how it works out. But um, yeah, I mean, we've had things like the emoji film. It's not. Yeah, well, we've, yeah. we, we've, we've had weird films based off of strange things before so sometimes things can work yeah, yeah. The, the fact is that Risk is basically a military strategy board game so essentially all you have to do with the TV show is create a big military epic TV show yeah um, create, create a story for it there, and then there yeah. aren't you know which involves other countries invading each other which is pretty much the background to any kind of big battle military thing I mean Game of Thrones essentially is that I mean, it's got dragons and, you know, all that sort of stuff layered on top of it. But at the end of it, it was a big battle about who gets what bit of land. So, and that's all that he really needs to do to turn Risk into a TV show. So whilst it seems like a slightly odd idea, there is so little that you can actually pull directly out of the game because there aren't any kind of, you know, there's no named key characters as far as I'm aware in that. There is a sort of stylistic thing to it, I guess, but that's about it. So... All he's got to do is create this big war epic and that's it, pretty much. Which, I mean, I know that's a lot of work in itself, but in terms of turning it into a into a watchable, decent TV show, despite where it's coming from and what it's based on, I, there isn't that much to pull off other than making it a big war show. So he could pretty much go anywhere with it, which I think makes it potentially quite interesting. And the fact that they've invoked things like Westworld and Game of Thrones in the pitch, I think that makes it sound like it could be quite interesting. So we'll We'll wait and see. And, uh, you know, he did a decent job for most of House of Cards. So, yeah, decent person to be in charge of it. We'll uh, we'll see what happens with it. So that's all the news we've got for this week. Let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV. So, highlights for next week. We kick off with uh, Bulletproof, as we were talking about before, the South Africa. That is the third season, which arrives on the 20th of January at 9pm. That looks like it's going to be very good. It's only a little short third season because they were calling it a special originally, but now they're calling it season three. So, uh, it's only three episodes, I think, but uh, that looks like it could be quite good fun. The Bay, the second season of that ITV series, is back on the 20th of January as well at 9pm. Riverdale season five of that arrives on the 21st of January for those of you that are still watching Riverdale. Second season of Back, the David Mitchell and Robert Webb series that arrives on 21st of January at 10 p.m. on Channel 4 after... It's been a long time. Yeah, Yeah. it's been like a two-year delay. Well, David Mitchell was explaining apparently Robert Webb had a heart issue which he had to get fixed which got picked up when they were doing the medical for the uh, first thing. I mean, he's all fine. You know, they fixed it it's yeah. no problem yeah. but he they did the medicals for the first one and they and uh, that spotted a heart issue which he didn't realize he had so they they delayed it slightly for that and then of course the pandemic happened which delayed it again <laughs> So it's taken them forever to get it finished. But second season of that arrives 21st of January, and that's back on Channel 4. Then we've got Will & Grace season 10. That comes to Comedy Central on the 21st of January at 8pm. That's the second season of the revival, which hasn't aired over here before, so uh, you can carry on watching that. Uh, NCIS season 18 lands on Fox on the 22nd of January at 9pm. Star Trek Lower Decks season 1 of that arrives on Amazon and 
Prime on the 22nd of January, which I'm very much looking forward to being able to watch finally. More animated fun in uh, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. That second season of that runs on the 22nd of January over on Netflix. Looking forward to that. Yeah, the first season was a very nice surprise. Haven't so. watched the first season of that, but uh, yeah, a lot of very positive things come out of that. So uh, mm. that's really good. It's a Sin, which is the Russell T. Davis drama that arrives on Channel 4 on the 22nd of January at 9pm. I've seen the first episode of this. It is superb. It is well, well worth going to watch. Fate, the Winnix saga, that is a new coming-of-age thing with uh, fairies attending a magical boarding school. So if you're into that sort of thing, that's coming to Netflix on the 22nd Mm. of January. We'll see whether that lasts for more than one season. Euphoria, the second of the two specials, that comes to Sky Atlantic on the 25th of January at 9pm. You can get that on Sky Atlantic. Marcella, third season of that finally comes to ITV. That is on the 26th of January at 9pm. Dead Pixels, season two of that arrives on the 26th of January at 10pm. I love this show. It was really, really fun. This was the mm. sort of part live action, part based in a computer game about a bunch of people that are obsessed with an MMORPG. There were some interviews going up on the website over the next week or so with I did ooh, early last year because this got recorded ages and ages ago and it's finally only now getting released because of the pandemic it got delayed so uh, I will be putting those interviews up over the next week or so and uh, but that's Dead Pixel season 2 coming to E4 on the 26th of January at 10pm Snowpiercer returns for its second season they turn that around so fast that's on, on Netflix yeah in the 20- I never caught the first season oh you should go uh, and watch it it's brilliant yeah I've heard enough good things but uh, so Snowpiercer season 2 26th of January on Netflix for that I really really like the first season of that so I'm looking forward to the second season landing and uh, Frankie Drake Mysteries fourth season of that comes to Alibi on the 26th of January at 9pm so that's all the TV for the next week there's lots of good stuff in there there's there's mm. going to be some good things to pick up and watch over the uh, next week so if people want to find you where can they go and find you you can find me on entertainmenttalk.org for TV video games films and Manchester United podcast we are top of the league which is where we belong and I hope that we stay there and win the league which would be good I'm going to have to wait until May there's still 20 games left but uh, we'll see if we can keep it up as David mentioned last week yes I'm doing a series called A Month of Positive Creators which is me just talking about positive people on the internet I just thought it would be a good way to start off January you know 2020 wasn't great for a lot of reasons and I just thought let's try and kick off 2021 for January talk about some positive people and if you're looking for some communities where you'd like to go on the internet and uh, just interact with positive people just four different content creators that I've chosen one per week and you can go and check those out Uh, so far I've picked Bex who was last week sorry the week before and uh, David was last week as well so uh, (laughs) you're very welcome (laughs) thank you for that yes and uh, yeah there'll be two more selections as well on uh, Wednesdays but um, yeah just just wanted to try and find a little mini series or way to sort of start the year off positively as well so uh, and of course for all my other TV film and uh, video game Manchester United stuff entertainmenttalk.org yeah and Bex if you uh, want to go and catch up with her stuff uh, definitely worth going to watch her she's on Twitch 
twitch.tv at forward slash Trista Bites. That's Trista B-Y-T-E-S. Go and check her out over on there. She's really, really fun to watch. She uh, does some uh, great gaming streams, some just chatting streams, some wonderful charity stuff. She raised like 10 grand last year, I think, for charity nice, streams. Nice. She did an amazing job with that. So done brilliantly. And uh, she's really, really fun to go and watch. And it's a lovely, lovely community. She's always up and always positive. It's really, really great. So uh, twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites, one word. Go and check that out over there. For us, of course, you can go to the website throughout the week at geektown.co.uk and see all the latest air date information and news stories if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.